Welcome to another episode here at the Midnight Founders Podcast. We're so excited to be with you today. This is AJ Rounds from Rev Road and Jake McCarg from CB Vault. Here at the Midnight Founders Podcast, we focus on telling behind the scenes stories for what makes a successful entrepreneur. We're excited for another week. Here we go. All right, we are so excited to be here at the Midnight Founders Podcast today with Matt Moody. Everybody in the Valley pretty much knows Matt Moody, and I feel fortunate to call him friend. And he's finally on our podcast, previously with Big Leap, now with Teamworks. And uh, we're excited to have you here today. Matt, welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is really going to be a lot of fun. Um, I've been invited to be on other podcasts in the past, but I've always shied away from it because it's, uh, I was telling Jake earlier, it's not my favorite thing to be in front of people, but uh, I'm going to take a chance on myself to do something great this year. And this is uh, a step in the right direction, I hope so. Thanks for choosing the Midnight Founders podcast to be the first, right? Yeah, and not yeah. the only. Right? The first. The first. Yeah. We're the least intimidating. Yeah, I take that as a compliment. Why, We're the most personable why. and like, yeah, I like it. Yeah. Thanks for choosing us. <laughs> and we're, let's have a good time for yeah, over the next sure. 35, 40 minutes. How about that? Yeah. So, um, Matt, you are one of the epitomes of, I mean, just entrepreneurship. You're always doing something new. Every time I talk to you, there's a new project, a new, a new business idea, something happening, right? So, Tell us, um, I mean, we're, we want to get into that journey and that history. Before we do that, though, I almost forgot. Let's. Why don't you give us a quick 30-second uh, elevator pitch for what you're doing now at Teamworks, just so we, okay. we know what you're working on right for now. Sure. Yeah, Teamworks is a professional employer organization. <laughs> so it handles things administrative like payroll, HR, employee benefits, and risk management. And those are functions that oftentimes people don't go into business to do. Like when I talk to business owners, I'm like, what are you passionate about? What do you, what do you love about business? They never say payroll. They never say benefits <laughs> administration. They never say HR or compliance or regulatory yeah. stuff, sexual harassment trainings or, you know, unemployment claims. Um, so since they're not in business to do that, it's not their passion. Uh, Teamworks is a great group that takes that off their plate. Cool. Yeah. And that's what you guys do strictly. That's, that's what, what you're focused strictly. on. That's what a PEO is. Yeah. Awesome. Now, how, how integrated are you or not with Eddie HR? Cause I know that they're. Yeah. They're in kind of the same family or network yeah. of, uh, of companies, right? Yeah, we're step, step brothers right now. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. Eddie, Eddie recently um, acquired Teamworks. And so there's going to be a lot of integrations that are going to be coming. Um, those come slower than you want, obviously, always. Um, they take twice as long and three times as expensive as you hope they'd be. But integrations are coming between their applicant tracking systems, their HRIS, all their services that they offer. Um, so we'll be cross-selling that for Teamworks uh, companies and also cross-selling Eddie companies, uh, the Teamworks software as well. So the cool. services, yeah. It's more well, of a services um, that are performed for you by Teamworks and more of a self-serve on the Eddie side for the payroll and those HR functions. So oh, it's okay. SaaS play versus service play. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, we've used Eddie at Rev Road for years and years, and we love that entire umbrella of Tasani companies. So. Yeah. Great. Super happy to have you in here. Well, tell us, uh, Matt, where did this uh, entrepreneurial bug start? How did you get started with entrepreneurship? And walk us through a little bit of your journey. Okay. Yeah, so um, I worked for my dad growing up and always kind of ran the business like I was going to someday run the business. And it didn't turn out that way. What was the business? It, he so was a car dealership. Uh, started when I was 15 years old. Okay. And I was a lot tech and I was fueling vehicles. So I was driving them to the gas station before I was actually 16, getting fuel in them, doing brake jobs, doing alternator starters, cleaning them, detailing them. Um, then I started going to auctions and I started buying cars um, and all along thinking that I would be handed down the family business. 
And uh, that didn't work out that way, but I went to um, work with my uncle in that business mm. and then had another uncle who decided to put me in business for myself. And I ended up staying in the auto industry for several years after that. Very cool. So, and that's, I think partly why we get along so good is because from a fellow car guy to a fellow car yeah. guy, there's a lot to talk about. And always a is. Lot you of have a lot nicer cars than I do there. in your limo fleet. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we just have a good time. But um, tell us about, um, I mean, that, so you were in the car business and, yeah. and the car dealership business specifically, and uh, you were going to take over the family business and that didn't work out. Yeah. Maybe there's a story there as to why. And then I'd love to hear the oh. story about uncle Steve, which yeah, you mentioned sure. previously and how sure. he actually got you into the car business. Yeah. So. so in, in, I guess 23 years ago, my, my parents got divorced and that business was dissolved. So that's why I went with my uncle and went and kind of did, did our own thing for several years. Um, on the opposite side of the family had another uncle who, uh, called me one day and said, Hey Matt, I want to go into business with you. I feel like you're a talented guy. I feel like you'd be successful in business. Um, he was a very successful entrepreneur in his career, had several ventures, um, did a lot of great um, things with his career. And he mentored me and he actually funded my, my initial business. Um, I went to his office. He said, what do you want to do? What are you passionate about? What do you think we could you know, do together? And how much money do you need? And uh, proceeded to write me a check for $10,000 more then I asked for, cause he said, you're going to need more money than this. I should have shot higher, I guess <laughs> I, I asked for 50,000. I should have asked for 150,000, but he wrote me a check um, for $60,000, um, put me in touch with his banker, put me in touch with his business attorney, set up all the legal documents, um, co-signed on a property for me with me. I didn't, I couldn't buy a commercial property. Um, I think he even gave me more money down to put down the 20% that you need for an SBA loan for that property. So he really went above and beyond anything that, uh, I would have ever expected as a partner and uh, gave me vehicles to sell and, you know, asked me just to pay him back as I had profits. And, um, I ended up paying him back all of his investment, uh, within about nine months Wow! and continued to run that business for about, um, seven years. And there was a, a recession, I guess, of 2008, 2009 that, um, put us in a really weird position with the business. Um, it didn't have the funding. It didn't have the you know, super deep pockets to weather that storm of 2008, 2009. So ended up selling the, selling the property, selling the business, getting out of business and going back and working for another company to get more experience um, at that time. That's cool. Let me, let me ask you this question. I mean, this is so fascinating. You can always spot another entrepreneur, right? Yeah. But what was it that he saw in you specifically that caused him to think, you know what, Matt's going to do great things and you have, and he's, he's more than just someone that's going to go clock in and clock out. What was that specifically? Um, maybe that he saw that I had ADHD and ADHD people make great entrepreneurs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I think, uh, people, people matter to me. Um, people are, uh, I think an entrepreneur is your business owner's greatest um, resource. Um, having friendships, having, um, people that will vouch for you, that go bat for you, that make introductions for you. Um, mentors, friends. Um, I think those are your greatest assets in business. I think you might've taught Steve that because you went to, is it Mary, his wife? Uh, Dixie. Dixie. You yeah. went to Dixie yeah. and said, Hey, we want Steve to take us on the boat. Will you yeah. go vouch for us? Yeah, totally. we definitely learned <laughs> yeah. that. So I, he taught you that I think early. his own children had Dixie get us out on the boat. I think his oh. own five boys had us 
talk to Dixie to get us. Oh, on the that's water great. Pool. So he taught, yeah, he taught you that in all aspects of life. Yeah, like I was starting way young, like yeah. six, seven years old. So. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's cool. <laughs> that's cool. So I think, you know, I think it's interesting. You kind of talked about how <clears throat> the car dealership was going great. You had these, this run and then the recession hit. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of lessons totally. uh, in those times. Is there anything specific that comes to mind that you would kind of talk to entrepreneurs about from your experience of like watching the market change on you yeah. and having to react as an entrepreneur? Yeah, no, for sure. I think um, as I started that business, I thought I'm going to do this for the rest of my career. I'm 25. I'm going to do this for the next 40 years. I'm going to love it. I'm going to be happy and nothing's ever going to go wrong. And I kind of had that mentality of, if I do the right things on this side, I will have the same outputs. And no outside external factors could change that because this was my first business. And I'd been successful and I made good money and I had fun doing it. And I worked with really cool people um, that are still friends of mine that I still golf with and still hang out with. Um, See, that shows that you're a people person right there. No bridges yeah. burnt, right? No bridges burnt. I mean, we, I gave them all kinds of time to find another job. I said, if we don't, if this doesn't turn by this date, I'm going to need a job. You're going to need a job. We're all going to need a different job. Um, and it didn't turn, but we, we exhausted every resource. We tried absolutely everything to make it work. We were selling inventory just to pay salaries and not making profit, losing money to sell inventory so we could still pay people's mortgages and still pay for their school. Um, and we did that for many, many, many months. Um, probably a lesson learned would be seeing the, the trajectory of the economy, the external factors to maybe pivot. And maybe we needed to be more lean. Um, I'd hate to say we needed to fire people quicker or reduce staff because that's never fun. Um, but that would probably be a, a, a lesson of we can't continue at the same pay with the same number of people if we don't have the same in you know income it, it right. would have been that would have been really really hard to do because i did consider everybody to be a close friend um and family that was working for me as well so it's hard to do but i think a lesson learned would be to pivot quickly um and pivot often you know i was as a car dealer i was selling toys i was selling third and fourth car type vehicles highly modified jeeps that were so cool and people love to look at them but when you don't have money to put food on the table What's not really cool is a really big Jeep in your garage that gets eight <laughs> miles per gallon, you know? So people just weren't buying them. And I had to offload those vehicles for, you know, whatever I could get out of them at the end. So very customized very type customized, vehicles. Yeah, mm -hmm. super cool. Mm -hmm. We were talking offline. He knows, he said every trail in Moab. So I'm really jealous of the experience. I've broken down on almost trailers. <laughs> I've broken a transfer case on almost every trail. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Between the, the groups that I would go with, there's always something... And I think Jeep people are a little bit unique where they want something to break because then they can talk their wife into spending more money to replace it with some bigger, beefier oh, thing to replace it. You know? So they actually that, want, it, they that, want it to break. That it's, makes so much sense now that you crazy. say that. It's yeah. crazy. I never have talked to anyone where they're frustrated that some axle or some no. shock system broke on the no, trailer. Like, the, ah. I got to get the Dana 60. <laughs> yeah. I also Dana think, 44 is not quite big enough. I also <laughs> think they like this funny. story. We have a Jeep guy at the, the bank. And he told me a story about how he had to wire tie some oh, yeah. thing together and, and I kind of like the MacGyver experience. Yeah, right? exactly. just make it happen, yeah. you know, yeah, like I was 60 miles in the back country and, and I had wire. to you bet. make gas it's out of It's a good story later on. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I never, yeah, I never realized that until just now, but you're exactly right. Yeah. No one's ever mad that that happens. Huh? 
Cool. Well, okay. So then uh, you went through and I mean, you're not in the auto dealership industry now, no, so it no. sounds like you've never gone back to it. No, PTSD. A PTSD. Oh yeah, big time. Okay. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I'll go back. People are like, you have so much experience in that. Would you ever come back? No. It's a really, really hard industry. Um, just many, many, many hours. It's late nights. It's weekends. It's holidays. It's time when you should be with your family. So mm. lesson learned in that because I did that for so many years is spend the time with your family. Business can happen tomorrow. I have friends that were in the industry. They're still in the industry. They do by appointment only. They will not sit there all day and wait for someone to come by. If you want their car, you call them, you set an appointment, you go, you drive the car. They will not do it after five o'clock at night. They will not do it on a weekend. They will not do it on a holiday. So that, that'd be a good way to do it as a little on demand, you know, only when you want to come look at it, they don't just sit there. They'd spend the time with the families. Hmm. So that industry has become less retail over the everybody. years. Now, if you work for the big guys, you work for, yeah. uh, you know, Larry Miller, Ken Garf, you sit there all day and you wait for people to come in. If you're a car salesman and you'll spend a lot of, a lot of hours on the lot waiting to, to sell enough cars to, to support a family, you've got to be there. Interesting. What do you know about the car? Is it Carvana? Yeah. Oh yeah. What do you know about that building in Lehigh? The building's for sale. <laughs> I know. I saw that. Well, the, the entire company. $17.6 million <laughs> for a glass building. I hear it. That you cannot put offices in. They're so imploding a little yeah, bit, right? I think there's a, and I don't want to get sued for like putting out their false information. This is Matt Moody's thoughts only. Thoughts only. <laughs> yes. And if we want to take it out. <laughs> yeah, we thing, can edit this out. I, of thought, I think they're, I think they're imploding. They just, they spent way too much money. They buy cars for way too much money. Um, I don't think they'll be around much longer unless they pivot. They need to pivot. They need to get rid of the real estate. Mm. Basically, they need to say, I'm advertising this car that's for sale over here. And if you want us to bring it to you, it's this much money. They buy it from this company and they bring it to you and they have their little markup and they're basically just a, a third party middleman. Like a broker. If they can change their model to that instead of buying, having all their inventory. Car lots are terrible business models. You mm. have all this inventory, you're waiting to sell it. And it's outside. It devalues every freaking day. Yeah. It's breaking down. There's you paying interest on it. Your money's tied up. And it's, it's expensive real estate, model. right? It is. Because yeah, you have to be kind of right in front expensive. and center in front of everything. Yeah. And if you don't have a state front, you know, or state street frontage, you're in some back street somewhere trying to sell cars. I mean, online, Auto Trader, KSL, you know, there's a lot of ways you can um, market them online, but it's a terrible business model. Interesting. So hmm. only the brave survive. So then what, Matt, what was next for you after the car dealership um, episode? I actually had a, I had a um, company take a chance on me to be a business consultant. So I'd done cars. I did a little bit of credit card processing sales, a little bit, a little bit of B2B. Had a very successful stint in that for like nine months. Uh, brought on about 120 accounts in nine months, um, selling credit card processing, some really big companies um, that still process with that company that I still get paid on from year 13, 14 years ago that I did the work. Oh, heck yeah. It's, so it's not bad. Um, but I had a, a business consulting company take a chance on me to come in and be a, a small and medium business consultant to help them with, again, payroll, HR, employee benefits and risk management. I got licensed to be an insurance agent. So I was helping companies across the, the state for the next seven years um, with a company called HelpSide or A-plus Benefits. Great group of guys, really um, solid management team, ownership team, good offering. They're a great company and um, did that for seven years. Had about 370 clients that I'd brought on in that seven years and uh, 
it's a unique sale. I took the same mentality that I had at selling cars into selling PEO, which was if you don't sell anything, you don't make any money. When you sit on a car lot for 12 hours and you don't sell a single car that whole day, you do not get paid $1 for being there the whole day. Oh, it's it gotta is be a demotivating. Waste of life. It yeah. is a waste of your life to sit there and not sell Yikes. cars. So I took that same mentality. So when I was selling cars, it was one a day minimum. And when I was selling PEO, it was one a week minimum. And I took that mentality into it and I was able to be successful in bringing in at least one deal a week for seven years straight. And sometimes it was seven or eight deals in a month, but at least one deal a week was my um, bare minimum. And so that mentality of just bringing in enough opportunities to close enough opportunities to still make it worth my time and make it worth the time of the, of the business that was um, paying me for my salary, um, that same mentality suited me very well um, in that industry. Uh, abnormal for the industry just to close that many um, deals in a, in a yearly basis. So... Um we talked to a lot of entrepreneurs on this podcast and, and not all of them have sales experience. AJ and I have our thoughts on this, uh, on how important it is. Um, but can you talk to that? Uh, how important you think having sales experience and entrepreneurship and for those entrepreneurs that don't, what advice do you have for them on the sales process? Well, just, I would say you have to be, passionate about what you're selling. You have to know that it's a good product and you have to do it in a way that says, I know that if, if you were to engage with this product, purchase this product, service, um, product to sell, you know, tangible product, e-commerce product, whatever, that it will make your life better. It will actually help you. If you can't say this actually helps somebody in some way, shape or form, and it makes your life better. And you believe that in your core, then you're putting spin on it. You're not straight talk. You're not, you're not doing it out of the right spirit, I don't think. And I don't think you'll be as successful. Um, It's kind of the snake oil salesman. You know, you've been to the car lot and you know the guy who says, what's your name? You're like, hi, I'm Matt. And like three seconds later, he's like, well, sport, what are you looking for? And you're like, I just told you my name was Matt and now I'm champ or I'm sport or I'm chief. And you don't care. You don't care about me. You don't care what my name is. You don't actually care what I want. You're just trying to sell me whatever the car is of the day that the sales manager told you to sell. So take an interest in people, get to know them a little bit, but from a sincere, genuine perspective, um, people can feel that people can feel that you actually care about them versus you just want to sell them. And, um, nine times out of 10, the car sales guys. And I go back to that cause that's my background. People said, Oh, you sold cars. And all of a sudden I see them hate me or like me less. <laughs> I'll say, yeah, but I did it different. And it was a, it was a different experience with me because I actually did care about people. So when I, when people said, Hey, I got to go, you know, I've showed them a car, we talked finance. They say, we got to go pick up grandma. We got to go get our kids to some dinner, whatever. And we'll come back. And I'm like, okay, great. What time do you want to come back? And they'd always come back. So my sales manager's like, Hey, what are you telling them? Cause your guys always come back and no one else's people ever come back. And I, they say, they will got to go. And I'm like, and then I tell him, what time do you want to come back? And he's like, yeah, yeah. And then what do you say? They say seven o'clock. I say, okay, we'll see you back at seven o'clock. He's like, no, what are you telling him? I'm like, hey, that's what I'm telling <laughs> I'm holding him So he actually started sitting next to me as I'm talking to people. And he, at first he started getting mad at me. He's like, why'd you let him leave? They'll never come back. Because that's what he knew. As soon as you lose them, it's over. The sale is over. You lost the sale. You're an idiot. You suck. You know, that's what they tell you. But my people always came back. And I'm like, I actually 
know a little bit about their family now. I know some of the people they know. Um, this was a referral even sometimes, right? So if you actually take a genuine interest in people, I think they feel that. They know that. There's an energy between I want to sell you versus I want to help you. And so I, th I think that's probably the biggest um, difference between a good salesperson and just a, you know, someone who's trying to be a salesperson. And I've seen that a lot with you, Matt. You're really good at that. I mean, um, for the audience, Matt's, you've started a couple of organizations alongside your, your regular positions where you're literally trying to just connect people and help them uh, become part of a community in several different facets. You want to talk about those things that you've kind of done on, yeah, on the I side mean, a little bit? Again, as, as people are your greatest asset in business, mm -hmm. um, it's not always to try to like get I mean, I've never asked you for your business, correct? Mm -mm. But I've introduced you to a number of people. Love it. As you've had uh, open positions at your company, you reach yeah. out to me. Hey, Matt, who do you know? Right? And I'm always happy to. It's been to so send people helpful. Your way. Yep. Um, I, I do have a lot of people in my um, circle of influence that have influence on me, and I have influence on them. And um, my life has been blessed to know all these people, and so I want all these people to know each other. And so, yeah, I have mastermind groups that I run. I have. Uh, a different kind of power team that's like guys my age, my level, you know, my level, if you will, that all have influence within their companies, and we get together, and, and that one's more business minded. Um, the mastermind that you've participated in is more just like heart and feel and love, and how do we help um, other people feel um, accepted, and, and they have issues with children, or they have issues with spouses, or they have issues with business, and. People are just willing to jump in and share their experience and share resources and share, you know, what's worked for them in the past. Um, mentors, there's a lot of really um, beautiful and wonderful mentors that, um, you know, they also need help, but they're willing to help. They're willing to give everything. So those types of groups have been um, paramount for me in building um, a network of uh, people in, in my life and people in, in other people's lives that will just be there for you and cheer for you and cry with you if you fail, you know, and help you get up and help you get started again. So. Yeah. I love that about you, Matt. You do that so well. And, and you've got relationships, I mean, all over the place that are not just acquaintances, but, but real relationships. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was funny last summer. Um, we got tickets to the Garth Brooks concert and I was talking to you on the phone. Yeah. I'm like, you should come with your sweet wife and let's go to the Garth Brooks concert together. And um, I wouldn't have done that with everyone, but uh, we went and had a great time. It was a fantastic concert. And I don't even like country music, but it was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. My wife was thrilled. Yeah, your wife <laughs> was loving like it. country music. That's <laughs> right. So, and, and that's, I think, probably what you bring out in so many people that you meet. So well done on that. That's, that's something you add to the world for sure. Yeah, and you kind of talked about uh, your, your last role at Good Leap um, and how it was uh, you were in a position at that point where you were kind of reaping the benefits from all of those connections that you had made. And it was kind of like a well-oiled machine yeah. and it was just running on its own. It didn't take a ton of effort. And, uh, and you kind of felt this nudge. Yeah. So I'd love to hear this story about what gave you the nudge to yeah. kind of take this leap of faith that you've taken yeah. this year and I, it led him to actually accepting the invitation to be on the podcast. So I'm, ex, I'm sure. happy about it. Um, yeah. But yeah, can you talk about what sure. that was and then what the leap is? Yeah. Yeah. So the company was Big Leap Marketing and I've uh, been there, consulted them for seven years. They were a client of mine. I joined them. I've been there for about four years. And I built this referral network there where 
It was individuals that are, you know, CMOs, fractional CMOs, marketing companies, owners of marketing companies, biz dev guys at marketing companies, um, guys that are business uh, coaches, people that are um, involved in marketing mostly because that's what the company was. And as their clients needed marketing, they'd send them to me um, and I'd have the first conversation with them and then I'd turn them over to somebody else on the team to go ahead and close those opportunities. But it always came as a warm lead. And I had maybe 120 either individuals or companies that I met with on a pretty regular basis, take them to lunch, take them to top golf, take them real golfing, take them mountain biking, take them fishing, take them skiing. We uh, did the marketing for like Snowbird. So Snowbird would give us tickets and we'd take all these partners uh, and go skiing. Um, but it was just a, it was really a fun way to do sales that wasn't so much sales, if you will. And even the calls that I had with our with the referrals, they didn't feel like sales calls. They felt like qualifying calls. What do you need? Can we provide this for you? What do you What are you thinking budget wise? What are your kind of goals? And then I'd give all that information to the consultant who would go through and produce a proposal and pricing and all this stuff for them. And they really enjoyed that it wasn't. They didn't feel like the first call into a company was a sales call. I tell people I'm not a salesperson. I did not do sales for Big Leap. It was more of a just, I'm a friend. I'm going to see if this is a good fit. If it's a good fit, I'll tell you. If it's not a good fit, I'll tell you. It's not a good fit. If they'd call me and say, I've got 20 grand left and this has to work or I'm out of business, don't spend it on SEO. I would absolutely say, do not spend your last 20 grand on SEO. It's going to take a year for this to take hold. You need to do other stuff. You need to go, you know, some guerrilla marketing, some social media, some paid ads. You need other, other things. Um, and once you have your revenues, to a point where SEO and long-term goals are in mind, come see us. At that point, keep us in mind. We'd love to work with you when you're actually ready for SEO. And they were always so appreciative of like, man, thank you so much. Like, was he willing to give me his money? Yeah, he would have given me the last 20 grand of his of his livelihood. And there was no way I was gonna take that with that kind of pressure to provide results within a short period of time with a with a model that just doesn't. So and they would often come back and bring yeah. business at that point. Yeah, for sure. We, we started a relationship, yeah. you know, touch base with them from time to time. How are things going? Looks like this, this uh, campaign's working well for you. I've seen you in the, you know, in the news or I've seen your, your ads now are coming through on my Instagram feed because I went to your website and now you're retargeting me. So I know some things are happening and it's working. So how, how are things going? We just stay in touch. I see this, this same, um, uh, synergy happening from when you would ask people to come back at the car dealership and they yeah. would, and then a big <laughs> yeah. leap, same thing. I mean, yeah, there's just, some, there's some trustworthiness yeah. hopefully that, uh, people can tell that it's genuine. It's That's sincere. Right. It's not, it's again, um, not just trying to get their money, but actually trying to help them. I think that's the biggest, um, aspect of being uh, successful in business is actually helping people, not, not just trying to get their money. So mountain biking for work sounds pretty, you know, appealing to me yeah so why why did you leave oh you know it uh, uh I, I had a good i have a good friend um that invited me out to a, a brunch and um her name's tiffany peterson she, shout she, out to she, tiffany tiffany shout out you're awesome <laughs> very, she's very very good and uh, motivating and she had a lot of like phenomenal people this brunch and again i was feeling like why am i here with all these amazing people and uh, she reassured me I belonged, and that was great. And there was just all these stories of people that had um, had all this hardship and had all this success and all this. And we and we got to talk to each other during this this meeting. And um, she had done some 
uh, training with us, and I, I had written down a few notes, and they still sit on my desk at, uh, at my work. And um, the biggest one, the biggest takeaway is to take a chance on myself to do something great in 2023. And I felt like the opportunity that I was in, I was in a phenomenal company. I loved the, the management, the ownership, the people, the full staff, like what we did. I was very sold on it. It was a great product. Um, but it was, it, I'd kind of tapped out. I'd, I'd made it to the precipice of where I was going to get to with the company. It, there was no more room for, you know, movement up or growth or, you know, ownership in the company or anything like that. So um, that was the, that was the genesis of it was this, this brunch. And I don't think Tiffany probably until this airs will not know that, that she had that impact on me because I haven't, uh, haven't gone back and thanked her yet, but I will. And um, anyway, that was, that was why I've decided to take a chance myself. I've been asked to be on several podcasts in the past. I actually had one this morning that somebody said, come be on my podcast. And uh, I've got to respond to that still. Reminder to myself for after <laughs> this is over. Um, but um, I've, always, I've always said no. And even when you reached out to me and said, hey, come be on my podcast, I was like, are you sure? <laughs> you just had like the, this lady on your podcast, Sid Tetro, who's like freaking amazing. I think the world of her, she's very motivating. And um, I don't think, I don't put myself in that category with, with those, uh, those other people you've had on your podcast thus far. But um, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. And hopefully a few people listen to this and go, you know what, that was, in, that was hopeful. That was good. I like that. So, Absolutely. Well, and I, uh, I hope you feel now at this moment that you are, that is your tribe. You are part of that group and you have every right to be in any of those meetings at any time. I think, and I think that goes to what a lot of people talk about on our podcast, which is imposter syndrome, right? They never feel like they should actually be there. Um, and, and all of us at some point deal with that, right. Or, or often, right. So how have you been able to, um, you know, kind of, uh, I, I guess, I guess what I would ask is how have you been able to overcome that? Right. And, and put that kind of at the back of your mind. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I think so highly of others and when they return the favor and think highly of me, it reassures me that I belong with them. And, you know, if I'm with just amazing, amazing people that have accomplished so much and they still will take time out of their day to reach out to me and they'll take time out of their day to go grab lunch with me and they'll take time out of their day to um, just make sure that they, I know that I'm loved and that I'm accepted by them. It, it helps me to understand that there are levels to things. I do have so much um, respect for um, the people in my life that have accomplished so much that have been at the bottom, that are back at the top, anywhere in between that keep on trying, that keep on just giving their best effort. They're still positive. They're still reinforcing. They're still helping other people. They're, you know, doing a lot with nonprofit. They're doing a lot with the community. They're doing so much um, to give back because they've been blessed with so much. Um, and I think that um, that gratitude that I have for the blessings that we've received, man, when I shut my business down, it was the lowest of low. I had two goals. I had don't lose my house. And don't lose my family. That was it. I had no other goals in my life. That's how low we were. We got down to our last like 70 bucks in the bank account. It was, it was dire. Uh, it was rough. That sounds so awful. It was terrible. And um, to, to climb back out of that and to, um, to, be, to be back in a point where, where you know, things are comfortable, it's been, uh, it's been a, long, a long road, but it's been 
it's been fun. Everyone's on that path somewhere. And um, when you're at the bottom, you need a hand up. When you're on the top, um, I guess I don't know what the top's like. You are the hand up. You're know. helping other when people you're the, up. When you're somewhere down there, you're, you're willing to at least hang out with people. I, I don't know what the top looks like yet. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you a new title. You ready? All right. Chief networking officer. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you're, the, you're, you're probably the best networker we've had on here. Just, just the way you talk about people and the way that you, uh, you know, business across industries have been able to, you know, connect people that need things. Um, and just listening to even the stories that you told offline, uh, just it's inspiring. So Thank keep it up. Much. Yeah. For sure. It's fun. It's a, it's a enjoyable aspect of the daily operations. I yeah. It's, it's my, my favorite with, part of my people. job too. Yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. So what's next for Max, Matt Moody, what are you going to do now? And now that you're, you know, well, with I'm pretty committed to the Teamworks uh, and current deal with Teamworks. I for told sure. Travis I'll be there for, um, I, get, I told him eight to 10 years, unless he makes it more interesting, move, move forward past that. But, uh, it's a lot of fun. Travis and uh, the, the team at, at Tasani, at Eddie, at Teamworks, we've got good friends there with Jordan Bugard. I've got, uh, getting to know the team at Teamworks. I just met them a week ago. That's gelling pretty quickly, which is fun. Um, and then the team at, at Tasani is a lot of fun. We'll be moving into their office, which will also be a lot of fun. Very soon, right? Very soon, probably, uh, in about a month. Very cool. So when this airs, that we should be there by then. Very cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be a party. It's gonna be fun. That's Good. one of their core values: is have fun, work hard, have fun. So I think you'll fit in. I hope so. <laughs> I'm one of the old guys over there. At Eddie. I'm in my mid forties. They got all these like twenty and thirty year olds over there. So I'm one of the old. Well, guys. with all the sports you do, you should fit in just fine. Yeah, that's true. I just want to make sure that no one can outbench me over there. <laughs> so, just trying to stay ahead of the curve. I think you've got it. Are you still working out with your son? Yeah, every day. Yeah, we That's work. awesome. Yeah. Good for you. Well, um, I mean, this has been awesome. What, uh, what advice, I mean, you've given some great advice already, but is there anything in particular that comes to your mind of advice you'd give to entrepreneurs that, that, um, are looking for, you know, any sort of encouragement or help in any way? Yeah, I'd say, um, find a mentor. Get somebody who um, can take an interest in you, um, that's been there, that's done that, that's fallen, that's gotten up, that's fallen again and gotten up and keeps on trying. Um, it is not easy. It can be a lot of fun. It can be a lot of pain. <laughs> so hopefully you enjoy what you're doing. You enjoy what you're working on. That's You have to have fun doing it or else you will quit. If it's not something you're actually passionate about, you're going to be like, man, this is hard and I don't want to do this anymore. So that's my, my biggest advice um, is do something you're passionate about. I had a blanket company, a weighted blanket company. Okay. I was not passionate about it. Okay. I was being asked about that today at the office. Yeah. They're like, is that the one? I'm like, I, yeah. I think I've heard about that one. Embrace. It was a beautiful idea. Had great branding. Had a great partner. Uh, we did not do well. And I ended up donating in-kind donation to a nonprofit that is run by a friend of mine. The last like 300 blankets that we had. Mm. And just wrote it off because it was not a passion for him. It was not a passion for me. Mm. And that was just last month. So it's, and we felt great about all the money we lost <laughs> and just called it quits. So what about, um, you, you've done a lot of side things, uh, you yeah. know, uh, there was at one point you were doing a, um, energy drink yeah. mix or something. Are you yeah, still yeah. doing that? Yeah. And yeah. Tell yeah, us maybe about no that. Excuse. Okay. And I've got some great partners in that one. Uh, no excuse.com. It's on, well, Amazon. It's on Amazon. Bench more. 
What's that? Yeah, well, for sure. Well, Pre-workout creatine, great. Yeah, coming out with protein. The BYU team is using it right now, right? That was uh, that was a previous okay. uh, supplement, and okay. they would not uh, put out in their PR that they were using it. So mm. it's kind of an unofficial behind the scenes. So they're not using it, they as far as we know. <laughs> um, yeah, so no excuse. Um, I've got a great partners, Camden Lahargue, um, Braden Simmons, and Rex Garcia. So kind of a unique one where um, I have the the connections for like video production and marketing and stuff like that. But Braden runs a, a marketing company. They do paid ads. Um, Camden runs an Amazon optimization company. That's all our Amazon. And then Rex is a manufacturer. So he brings in all the raw goods, manufactures. It's like a, we call it the uh, no excuse dream team because we have like everything covered of what needs to be covered with a little supplement business. And uh, we just launched it last month and it's doing really well. It's, it's been a lot of fun. And um, it's it's a fun brand. We we actually think it might become a a brand where people will just wear it, mm. and like maybe they'll buy the product, but they definitely want to wear the clothing. So uh, we have clothing that'll that'll go on sale here next week. But yeah. I'm gonna check it out now. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cool brand. So they already hired you for the to be the chief networking officer. So you're um, they brought me in as an equal. <laughs> they didn't. They're yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. not the guys, hired, but you know what I mean. So cool. Like I knew Cam and I knew Rex. I didn't know Braden. And after like 30 minutes of just chatting through like how this might look, they're all like, "I think we just everyone dilutes and gives Matt 25 percent ownership of this company with no money injected, like nothing." They just said they put a ton of money into it: the development, the R and D, the website, the everything. <laughs> And they're like, let's just, let's sign it now. Let's just give Matt a quarter. And he's just an equal partner with the rest of us. Dang. I was going to try and, for you. Yeah. I was going to try and take credit for that. Like noticing that he was such a good networker, but everybody already saw it. So <laughs> they already know they've already <laughs> the been to the soccer games out. and the, it's been a <laughs> the wakeboarding <laughs> parties and all yeah. this stuff with Matt. We did throw a party. Uh, we had a launch party and that video will be out soon too. So that'll be a lot of fun to show. That's great. Yeah. yeah. That's Everyone great. rocking our gear. Anything else you're doing, Matt? I mean, there, there's other things here we need to, to learn about. sounds like. I, I still have an off-road company. I still build Jeeps for people on my on the side. Um, if they need lifts, wheels, tires, bumpers, winches, any of that kind of stuff. So that's a hobby, if you will. It's not a moneymaker, but I enjoy it. So it's kind of like, I don't know, it completes me, I guess. <laughs> I do maybe one or two Jeeps a month, but it's uh, it's still super fun. So Cool. I'm trying to think of anything else. Nothing, nothing that I'm ready to announce. So. Well, and then, don't and then someone, one of your people stealing my idea <laughs> before yeah. it's fully baked. That's know? right. We better be careful, right? Yeah. And then your wife's an influencer in her own right. So, yeah. oh, that's another business. So, that's my cool wife thing. does own a business. Yeah. And I'm the consultant partner owner as well of the business. So she's a professional organizer, and started it on Amazon. Uh, not Amazon. Started on uh, Instagram, and haven't had to spend any money to to you know get get the word out. We started with doing some work for some pretty big influencers, and then. Some other friends that we introduced, I introduced my wife to some people. And anyway, she's been busy. She has eight employees, has a big cargo van, and she's just uh, got about 85,000 followers on Instagram. And they Fantastic. just reach out to her and say, I need you to come and organize my house. And so she'll just. You better tell us her handle on, on air. That is at simply underscore better underscore org. Simply better org. And uh, she, she does a great job. My oh. house is super organized. That's actually a pretty funny story. So if we still have time, she of course. Um, she was like, so I want to start working. I was like, what do you want to do? She's like, I don't know. So she went to a warehouse and started picking pack, not because she needed money, but she needed social life. And she had some friends there. So she's p making 11 bucks an hour 
This is when all the kids are in school. And kids she's in school. She's over okay. there doing stuff with her friends. Yeah, yeah. Doing work. And after about it, kind of the fun of it ran out at about six weeks, <laughs> she's getting her little paltry paycheck, you know, for part-time work. She goes, I want to start a business. I'm like, well, what do you want to do? She says, I don't know. I said, what are you passionate about? She said, I, I think I love to organize stuff. So my marketing mind starts thinking about what are we going to call this thing? What are we going to do? And she'd been following like Marie Kondo and there's like this show on TV and it's like a big deal. And it's kind of this hype, this buzz four or five years ago. And um, so I think of this um, business name called OCD Like Me. If you're OCD like me, let me come in and clean your house and like fix everything, right? And she's like, no, I could offend people. She's super sensitive to that kind of stuff. I'm a little more like, let's just try it and see what happens. No, so she decided to call it Simply Better. And we reached out to a, an influencer. I had like 300,000 stay-at-home moms. That's a local lady here. And um, she's like, I want to organize your house for you free of charge. Product, everything. You just have to post it on your story and make a post about it and you're done. Great. They go do it. She gets like 30,000 followers overnight. And those ladies start reaching out. I want you to come do this in my house. And then my wife reaches out to her again. And so, oh, she reached out to my wife and she said, actually, I want you to come and do my full kitchen now. And my wife says, okay, I'll come to your kitchen, but you pay for product. I'll still donate my time. And then you still post and do your thing. And then she called again and said, I need you to do my closet. I need you to my house. My wife said, great, I'll send you a, I'll send you a quote. And it was parts, labor, the whole bit. And she continued to use my wife for all her entire house, garage, everything. And um, the lady would just continue to post it, even though she's paying full price. She's used to now posting about it every time. She loves it, and her followers love it, so she continued to do that for my wife. And um, that, was a, that was really the way that she kicked it off, was getting an influencer who was willing to take a chance on her and let her come and mess up her kitchen or fix it up. <laughs> it just so turned out that it was amazing, and she loved it. So uh, that was a great, uh, great way to kick off a business without any capital with zero dollars invested. Fully in bootstrapped, 100%. Fully bootstrapped. I mean, wow. but no, she didn't have to spend money for marketing. She didn't have to, you don't have to have a huge budget to go start a really successful business. If it's a great idea and you get the right people involved, it can it can take off. And it's still just a little hobby business for her. I mean, these are eight stay-at-home moms that are friends and neighbors, and they work Tuesdays and Thursdays. It's as much work as they all want to do. And uh, it's been fantastic. They, That's all, they awesome. all enjoy it. And my wife's still having fun. So That's awesome. A great, uh, great That's week. awesome. I love that. That's yeah, so fun. I do love that. Well, it was a pleasure. Um, we usually, the last question we usually ask is just we open it up to you. If there's anything that we didn't talk about that you want to kind of bring up, uh, the floor is yours. I don't, I don't have anything else that uh, specifically I, I plan on talking about okay. here. How do people reach out to you? How do they connect with you? Are you active on LinkedIn? I'm very active on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, they can reach out to me there. I think my phone's on there because I keep getting calls from like all these people <laughs> looking for general managers of places I get. You may want to take it off. <laughs> I may want to take the cell phone off. Yeah. Of but uh, yeah, my email's on there. I, I do reach uh, a lot of people on LinkedIn and I'll chat with them on there and then set up calls, lunches, whatever with, with uh, people. So. Okay. So it's just at Matt Moody. On LinkedIn. Uh, it's just, yeah. I'm Of all the Matt Moody's, I have the most followers. So Oh, great. So we'll just find the most popular. Cool. Yeah, find the most popular great. Matt Moody at Teamworks. So. Well, we need to go hang out soon, Matt. Yeah. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you very much. I appreciate the, uh, the invite. and This has been a lot of fun. The Midnight Founders Podcast is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank. 
And RevRoad is a venture services firm where companies come to grow. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is AJ and Jake signing out.